All right, folks, you're listening to Supply Chain Radio. My name is Matt Gunn, and I am joined today by Jenny Reese. Hi, Jenny. Hi, how are you? How about those tunes? The DJ is really tearing it up at this conference, I have Absolutely. To say. And so if you couldn't tell by the, the noises and the DJ and the, just the fact that we're probably dancing while we're talking. Probably. Maybe. We're in Europe at Shop Talk Europe. <laughs> That's right. We're, we're here in Copenhagen at what is now, I suppose, Europe's biggest retail and e-commerce conference. Yeah, truly one of the biggest events that is driven by content that is really coming from the practitioners in the world. You go to a lot of these conferences or these events like this, and you get so much of that vendor-driven stuff. And in we can't knock sales. it because we're part of like this big thing or yeah. you know, sales and all of those other things. But it's really interesting to hear from the community and also really interesting to hear from a community that is outside of our typical comfort zone, at least you and I being based in New York, we True, tend yeah. to think of retail and supply chain in U.S. terms. which Or at least North America. North American terms, right? And we kind of know what to expect. We know who the big players are. And we know what people are doing to transform. But here, it's a lot of the same things. It's a lot of the same things. But, you know, some of the themes, of course, are common. But I'm definitely picking up on some major differences. And in some cases, some exact opposite ways of thinking as the North American market. Yeah, exactly. And so let's talk about that a little bit. And let's talk about one thing that is near and dear to those of us who are on supply chain radio all the time. And that's just the (laughs) supply chain itself. Because if you listen to some of these people talking, you listen between the lines, it's not just about the fancy glitzy tech that's just powering retail, the point of sale that is making stores look cooler. It's actually about how those products are getting from one place to another. And how do you meet a market that is a little bit different, that is a little bit more decentralized, that is coming to expect more, but maybe not quite the same way that we do in the U.S.? Yeah, I think the word I'd say I've heard more than anything here is fragmented. The market is fragmented because you got to think, okay, in the U.S., we, for the most part, speak the same language and we have the same laws, at least at a federal level. But here in Europe, while the landmass, you know, includes several countries all loaded into one continent here, we have to worry about, you know, 20 different languages and 20 different governing states and and 20, honestly, different sets of customers. Right. And you have to build for that or provide for that and sort of know your customer. Well, you have to know different cultures, too. It's not a homogenous thing. Right? Exactly. We had Adyen, a payments provider, was discussing that, you know, different cultures, especially within Europe. You know, I'd say that North America is pretty, like, plastic-based. We love, you know, running our credit cards and, and debit cards. But as you know, many countries in Europe are cash-based societies right. and are at least many towns within the greater continent of Europe. So it's how do you adjust to that consumer on even something as simple as like, how do they like to pay? Right. They transact differently. They interact differently. The relationship is different. I think people do go to the stores, but they are more and more becoming part of that convenience economy, becoming part of that always connected, always on higher expectation area. I mean, Amazon Prime now came into the market last year, I think. And so They're getting that in pockets and in different areas and different countries and different startups are starting to do different things too. I think one of them that was really interesting to me was this grocer called Picnic. It was a startup. This founder had come from technology and saw a problem in just grocery stores and what they were in Holland and versus what they could be and how you get that to you. And he really was bringing back something else. But the way it manifested itself was much more... I want to say comprehensive than maybe sometimes we do in the U.S. where we 
kind of outsource it or we make it a gig economy kind of thing. He built this and made it a core principle of the company. Right. Going so far as to design very, you know, economical small trucks, doing all the pick and pack with his own staff, having delivery men or in his terms like the modern milkman who comes to your door at a set time all the time and who serves your neighborhood and is part of your community. Right. It's not just delivery. It's a true customer experience. Yeah. And again, it's that same theme of back to basics. It's like, you know, you brought up the milkman and, and he discussed that too, is that this is, I mean, this is not a new idea. It's almost like retailers and brands have just forgotten how those simple little interactions can build, really build a brand. Right. And then you see these pictures and these social media posts of people saying, thank you, Picnic, or we love you, Picnic, and taking pictures with their delivery man, their milkman, who right. comes to their door, who through an app, you can order all of your groceries, who can show you on map in real time where he is on that route, when he's going to arrive. So you don't have to wait in a three-hour window or so the groceries aren't dropped off while you're not there and they melt in the hot sun or you know all those other things that go wrong. This is their shop, this little truck. Is everything and that app. And so. It's true. And where they're winning, and you said this earlier today, where they're winning that other delivery services aren't, like my wine delivery service that we discussed on another episode of Supply Chain Radio, um, is in the last mile. And that's that. it is that simple. Like that's where other subscription and delivery services are losing, and that's where Picnic is winning. That's why their brand sentiment is so positive. Exactly. And so they've bet on that and they invested on that and they made that really matter. The back end supply chain, all those other things are very important to them. They plan their assortment based on the community, like they crowdsource exactly what it is they buy. You get five requests for a particular item that becomes part of their shopping assortment. And it runs lean so people can feel good about, I think sometimes with the big box delivery services, like again, who shall go unnamed, that people feel a little bit of environmental guilt. Mm -hmm. I know I certainly do sometimes. And they've found a way to make the entire operation run so green and lean. And I believe he said the delivery truck is like three electric, times as efficient as any other delivery service that's, that's yeah, out there Yeah, it's right electric now. powered. I mean, very much like Tesla, they were very involved in every piece that goes into the making of that truck. I mean... Talk about right, supply chain, you're controlling up. all of that too. Yes, and exactly. Bringing that all in and building it within a specific ethos. I think that's one thing I find really interesting in the market here is that all of this stuff is part of a bigger ecosystem. And you kind of hear yeah, that. But there seems to be a lot more, it's culturally driven. It's not, you know, in North America, it's all about the Benjamins, baby. So here it seems like they're really in touch with who their customer is and what they want. And it's like, you know, the better they serve them and the more they make their customer feel good, the more money they make. So it's a product of great CX. Absolutely, yeah. And, and so here's where that manifests itself. More so than, you know, sometimes you do see at a vendor or a tech-driven event that we might typically go to is that, these are real world examples. And because of the diversity here and because of the different types of markets, you're seeing different solutions to this age old problem of like, where is my stuff and when is it going to arrive? There's a grocery robot wandering the halls, just this little, <laughs> you know, three foot by three foot robot on wheels. And it just brings its deliveries around town in a pedestrian driven urban environment where you don't have big wide streets and you don't make large deliveries because people are living in smaller houses, have smaller fridges, they expect fresher ingredients all the time. Right. There's the solution to that. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because this little robot is, you know, of course, making quite a fuss around here. And it's super cute, of course. 
but it's funny the difference you hear in the conversation between the Americans, especially, and the European crowd is that, and the same thing we discussed with package delivery boxes. So instead of a mailbox, each home would have a package box and they would come home and all their stuff would be there and it can be delivered at any time of day and cooled in refrigerator or whatever, right? So with both this little robot guy and this package delivery box that would just stay at your house and collect your things, all of the Americans are talking about security. They keep saying, someone's gonna, you know, if that's in New York, someone's gonna just pick up the whole thing and take it with them and steal it, <laughs> right. right? And wouldn't someone love to get their hands on that? And then I thought, well, because they know obviously something right. expensive or something of value purposes. is yeah. in there, right? I mean, people will probably graffiti on it. They'll be putting stickers on it. Dogs will be peeing on it. Like, who knows what goes on? And then I got to thinking everyone was saying the same thing about the package box. Like, you know, they were saying, just put a padlock on it. And all the Americans in the room were like, ha, it'll never work, you know? Right, but then you hear, well, the mailbox, the mailbox was a worked. great solution. Again, it back worked. to basics. Very simple solution. Simple the milk stuff. box. It's Sometimes we over-engineer solutions to just simple problems. And sometimes it is just simply that last transaction, that handoff. And yep. it's not always going to happen in a store. It's not always going to be in normal business hours. But now you're starting to see these businesses really start to think around how to provide that and how to bring joy to their customers and make those customers loyal to their programs. Yep. Back to basics. It's a very interesting way of extending the store, extending all of your services to that one most important node yep. at the end. Of the yeah, that's right. It's at the very end. And, you know, I think that people have been so caught up in the big ideas the past few years, you know, of like, oh, we have an algorithm that matches this for you and this for you, and you can get all this customized stuff, and it's beautiful and personalized, and da da da. Everyone was so caught up in the hype of, you know, all that sexy stuff that they forgot about last mile. And it sounds like right. now, you know, from the companies that have the startups and everything, from the ones that have proven to be successful and the ones who haven't, that's where. That's, that's the crux of the problem for the yeah. ones who are losing, is that they forgot about the last mile, and, and everyone's talking about it now. Yeah, and it's a funny thing. They don't always use those words. They don't always say supply chain explicitly. But very clearly, some of the most direct solutions, some of the most significant wins to a customer are simply solving that problem of how do you make this come to me? Where's how do you make stuff? it convenient to me? And yeah, when is it going to arrive? So right. it's really cool to see that manifest itself here and, and play out in a way that is creative, that involves some really amazing technology, data, sensors, all these other cool things, but really kind of brings you back to things that we're already familiar yeah, with. Despite all of that complexity, the concept is very simple. Exactly. So you heard it here. Hope you enjoyed the tunes. And we've been talking about supply chain and how it is a little bit cooler than you think. I'm Matt Gunn, and this is Jenny Reese. Thanks so much. All right. You've been listening to Supply Chain Radio. Be sure to find us on iTunes, your favorite podcast network. For any news tips or to be on the show yourself, shoot us an email at scr.podcast at infor.com. Thanks for listening.